Hello, everybody. It's Dave Neal, stand-up comic host of Bachelor Nation News, and welcome to Bachelor Rush Hour. January 30th, 2023. That's 13023. And it's a week two preview episode of tonight's Bachelor, starring Zach Shall Cross. And I've got all of the information in Bachelor News, including Claire Crowley's wedding dress getting stolen. Plus, we also share an update on uh, Blake Moynes. Blake, of course, has been in South Africa doing some conservation work. We'll have an update on him. He's actually been hospitalized. Uh, We don't know the severity of it. We're not going to speculate, but we'll hear from his mom. Also, we have Maddie and Grant on their infamous podcast they did discussing their relationship, um, their proposal season, getting married, uh, the devil and the bedroom. That's right, the devil and the bedroom. We're going to get into that as well. But first things first, let's start off just by getting ready for tonight's episode. As you know, I'll be live on the live stream one hour before tonight and directly after tonight's East Coast episode. So 7 p.m. East Coast, 4 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. East Coast, 7 p.m. Pacific. And we will just be doing a little pre-party, playing some of the trailers for tonight's episode, chatting with you guys, getting to whichever stories didn't make it into the podcast or YouTube channel. Uh, Today's content is quite varied. There's a lot out there. Uh, It's kind of barrel scraping in some ways. There's no gigantic story, but there's certainly a lot for us to discuss. And so we'll get into that very shortly. I do want to say thank you so much to the new reviews we've received uh, for the podcast. We have Katie Heaney said, this is so entertaining. And Sarah said, enjoying listening to this very nuanced take on Bachelor Nation. Well, that's why they call me Dave Nuance Neal, at least trying my very best to be nuanced. I know I come with my opinions and I'm sure you guys listen with yours. Uh, but what we like to do, and I like to reiterate this, is discuss Bachelor Nation topics, maybe an alumni is doing something we want to talk about or uh, some parallel conversations here. So what you hear and see from me will not be directly related to what's on the TV. That is the jumping off point, And then we take the conversation from there. All right, let's check out tonight's preview of The Bachelor. I've never lived in a mansion before. I literally feel... Like the luckiest girl in the world. Yeah. All fighting for the same boy. Man, I should say. So how was that first night for y'all? Oh my God. So <laughs> Jesse goes, how was that first night? And they were like, yeah, it was long. <laughs> so what they do, they shoot the first night, the you know, the limo exits. They take the whole next day off because even though they're not in a union because they're not paid, they're just randomly in a house. They don't they don't have any rights, really, because they're not, quote unquote, working. But for the crew that are in IATSE and the other unions, you need a certain amount of hours off. With me and Screen Actors Guild, you need at least 10 hours off between when you wrap. So if they wrapped at 5 a.m., they couldn't work again until 3 p.m. Does that make sense? So instead, they just take the whole next day off and then do a full reset. Oh, Zach's going to do things a little bit differently. This week, all of you will be going on a date. I do have something right here. Got the first date card. Hope you have fun this week, and I'll see you at the next restaurant. Yeah. I do feel a spark and a connection with him. Competing against all these other beautiful girls might be hell. <laughs> Coming up tonight on The Bachelor. Bye, loser. All right, so that's 
that's tonight. And then um, the Bitchlorette said, will Uncle Kronk be on this date? And of course, we'll get into that in a second here, but let's check out the first group date. Monday, navigating a whole lot of women is going to take... A whole lot of help. Watch out, ladies. I'm not to shake things up. She's trying to move in. What the frick did I sign up for? Coming up tonight on The Bachelor and Lotto, I'm sorry. Like, let's just, let, let's Google who is Lotto. I I am sorry that I don't know who Lotto is here. American rapper Tasha. Do you know who Lotto is? All right, we're officially old. We're old, folks. Listen, if it's not, um, you know, um, uh, you know, Yin Yang twins, I don't know who is Lotto. Alyssa Michelle Stevens is a rapper and songwriter who began her career. Um, her song "Big Energy." Oh, is that the song? Da-na-da-na. Oh, "Big Energy." Okay, so they just played her song. Gosh, I really am. Okay, so this is her song in the background. Navigating a whole lot of women is going to. Is that right? I didn't even know that. Okay, well, it could have a face to the name there. So, hey, we love that song. Here she is convincing you to watch The Bachelor on Monday with four awards. Lotto will be there. Um, very nice, big energy. Lotto's got a big following. 10 million followers. Oh, that's how you know I'm old when we don't know who Lotto is. Uh, okay, so there'll be a lot of puns about winning the Lotto re and all that jazz. Very nice. Uh, so let's go back. So we saw this preview. Let's go watch the next one. This rose is stressing me out, looking at it, because I want it. I think for me, it would be really special to get the rose, because you know for sure that he sees like a real possible future with you guys. I'm so happy that I was chosen by America, but it always kind of leaves this bit of doubt in my mind of whether or not what I feel for him is reciprocated. Yeah, we have to remember, uh, she didn't win his rose. America gave it to her, so he could just not be into her. Although I think she may be top five and or the next bachelorette for sure bachelor in paradise i haven't gotten a rose from zach yet i would love to get it tonight because insecurity nervousness i get those i i feel i had the rose and i felt those so how are you doing how, how's everything um, going the past couple days including today did he just know. he just sized her up it must be so hard for him to want to look at somebody but not be caught on camera looking at them does that sound creepy you know what i mean it's a lot honestly like it's been really, really hard. Um, really? We're moving into the mansion. I don't feel like I have any support system. Yeah. And it was really hard to feel like I could be comfortable because um, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, she's breaking down. Coming up tonight on The Bachelor. Yes, uh, Brio House said, such a stunningly beautiful woman. She's not just beautiful. She seems to have an amazing personality. And... I don't want to compare her to any previous leads, but if you told me, like, if 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 I was, you know, uh, had a coma, went in a coma, like, you know, like soap opera style, and I woke up 20 years from now, and you told me that she was one of the leads and became the most famous bachelorette of all time, I'd believe you just from looking at her because she sounds like she's a star. She sounds like she's a celebrity. All right, next. Cat uh, reacts to Bachelor Week Two. So this is Cat with her comments. Lotto. Today, we're having family barbecue with my mom. Everyone, this is Christina. I like, what? What? Hi. Can I grab you for a quick minute? So if you're listening on the Bachelor Rush Hour podcast, this is one of those trailers that's very visual. Here's Tajwan. So as we'll see in the next trailer, Tajwan is like a guest judge. Taj, what are you doing here? And we know Taj was on this last season of Bachelor in Paradise or two years ago. It all blends in. She was the one who had, you know, you know, a lot, lot of tears and sweat. Just pretty much like anyone who's on the show. 
All right, so Cat, we got it. She's she's the um Cat is is uh is the reaction the way that Justin was on the Bachelorette with the weird faces. And here we go. Let's do uh, Courtney Robertson introduces us. There's nothing quite like a confident woman. What I could give is make the most out of your time and be super affectionate. I think that that exudes just com- you know comfort. So just grab them. My one piece of advice for the girls for the season: be yourself, have all the confidence in the world, and go for what you want. My advice for the girls this season is give it all you got and go after it. Because if you don't, someone else will. Okay, so they all basically say the same thing, which is go after what you want. And then there's Madison going like, that's what I did. I went after it. You know, obviously it only works. It only works if they are into you. All right, two more trailers. Tonight. You crush it. You crush it. I'm crushing. Navigating a whole lot of women. All right, we already saw this one. Going to take... A whole lotto help. Lotto. So we got that one already. And here's the new one. And this is a fun one featuring Victoria Fuller. Uh, You got to give her credit. Crushes the denim dress and does a nice power walk. The idea behind this being um, uh, the the Bachelor uh, status here is, will there be some new additions to the season? Of course, no. Uh, But it's it's kind of like being the biggest diva is the idea. Yeah. 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 So the thing is. Y'all thought y'all was going to be the only ones on this date. Here they come! Power poses. Lotto brought us in for the bad alumni that we are. She needed a little help, like judging. So I want to see what y'all working with. I know Zach want to see what y'all working with. Uh, so this will be fun. They're, you know, they've done this in the past where they do like fashion style runways, but now they're doing the who's the baddest biatch of the crowd. That's the uh, whole idea here. There's some baddies. Baddies. In the worst kind of way. They could take some pointers. Okay. Zach is very cute. Very easy on the eyes. Zach said, I'm during my season. I would be like... Watch out, ladies. Get ready. All right, that is coming up tonight on The Bachelor. So now we've got Claire Crowley losing her wedding dress or it was stolen. The second half of this YouTube video, which I'm not going to air for you, shows... Uh, the wedding dresses Becca Kufrin has been looking at and a Q&A that Mari and her fiance Kenny do regarding their weddings. I say plural, wedding in Chicago and Puerto Rico. So if you want to catch the end of that video out, that'll be on YouTube only. But here's Claire talking about her stolen wedding dress. Bachelorette's Claire Crowley reveals her wedding dress was stolen. Everything is for a reason, she said. She's been engaged to mascot sports chief executive officer ryan dawkins since october 2022 claire recently revealed that her wedding dress was stolen but that there was a happy ending to her stroke of bad luck on her instagram story saturday the former bachelorette told the wild tale of how the gown went missing and why she believes everything is for a reason she said i know i always share this but i am deeply deeply in the belief that everything is supposed to happen how it's supposed to happen regardless of if it looks good or if it looks bad or if what i want or not what i want uh which i think that's a good i mean look it's like being on the roller coaster of life and not trying to dictate where it goes it's like this ship is going in a direction either you kick and scream or you enjoy the ride i trust to the depths of my soul that everything is for a reason and we might not know what that reason looks like right now but it works out so let me tell you what happened she continued 
Uh, okay, get into it. When my fiance Ryan and I got back from Hawaii at the beginning of this week, my car had been broken into while we were gone. And guess what was in the car? Keep in mind, my wedding is very soon. So she then dropped the shocking news. My wedding dress was in the car. Now, you might think, oh, Claire, how could you leave with your wedding dress in the car? Especially, I think she lives in Sacramento and like it's these, you know, Sacramento, San Francisco, Los Angeles. You can't leave anything in your cars. You just can't do it. Um, you know, people notice the car hasn't been moved in a few days. One little elbow and next thing you know, your car stereo system's gone. You got to find a new Hanson CD. It's a whole thing. My wedding dress was in my car, she said. In the moment, I was like, oh, what do I do? And I thought, it's okay. It's about the moment and what we're celebrating. I can wear anything and I'll be happy that we're getting married. She decided to return to the bridal shop where she's purchased her dress and where her wedding veil was still waiting to be picked up. After she explained the unbelievable turn of events, the store's owner swung into quick action to help fix the situation. Basically, within three days, I got a brand new dress altered, pressed, and completely altered again in the best way, like even more fitting. She then added a final surprise twist regarding her replacement gown. Turns out that was the wedding dress that was on my Pinterest board three years ago. It's the dress of my dreams. So anyway, good for her. She actually picked the dress out and was like, here, wear this one. I was like, okay, I'll wear anything. And it literally turns out it's the most beautiful dress and it's better than I could have imagined. I'm still crying happy tears, she said. And then she posted this photo of a doily or whatever the hell it is. And it says happy tears. So we're happy for you, Claire. And to make sure we don't just peddle with any misinformation, we don't have all the facts, but here's an update on Blake Moynes and getting hospitalized in South Africa today, this is from his mom, and we'll have any updates as we hear them. For you Bachelor fans, um, he's in Africa. He's been in Africa for a while. He'll be in Africa until March, and I just did get a FaceTime from him. I haven't spoken to him in a long, long time. He's in the hospital. Um, this was fine, and he will be fine. He's out there fighting poachers and trying to save the rhinos and the elephants of the world, but as a mom, and he's an adult, and as a mom, um, you still think of those adult children as children. Um, I still think of him like he was when he was, you know, four or five, six years old. Like, it's it doesn't change. So the worry for me is emails. Okay, so I'm back. The only thing that keeps me sort of going insane is the fact that I know that he is out there doing and living life. He is doing what he loves. That's the only thing that keeps me going because it's a constant worry. Cross my fingers. Hopefully he will come home safe and sound in March. Um, but uh, that brings me to something else that I posted on my Instagram. For those of you that don't follow me on Instagram, maybe follow, uh, give me a follow. Okay, so that was her update yesterday, which I'm assuming was probably shot a few days earlier. And here's what she had to say just now on Instagram. So I'm pulled over on the side of the road. Um... I just got a call from Blake. I haven't heard from him very often. He's in Africa. He's been there for about a month. He doesn't have cell service, but um, he's down there fighting the poachers, saving the rhinos, saving the elephants, doing absolutely what he loves. He's so passionate about that sort of stuff. But four days ago, he called and said he had a really bad infection and that, you know, he had been treated. Well, I just got a call today. Like I'm starting to freak out. I'm really starting to freak out. He just got out of surgery and... Um, surgery? Maybe, like, do you guys believe in the power of prayer? Because sure. I really could, doesn't matter how old your kids are, like, you, the worry never stops. I really could use some prayers for Blaker. I want him to come home. Like, fuck, Blake, just come home. I know you love, I know you love what you're doing, but you're freaking me out. I'm ready to get on the next freaking flight out to Africa. 
Let's say a prayer for Blake, please. All right, so say a prayer for Blake if you could uh, be so generous. Of course, the power of positivity, healing vibrations and love collectively, you know, in situations like this can push the needle. We are big fans of Blake on this channel, so we wish him a speedy recovery and we'll have all the updates both here and on the YouTube channel. All right, for our final piece of content, on Friday I made a video talking about purity culture and it was an interview that Maddie Pruitt did with her husband, Grant Trout. They were dating for, I don't know, eight months, spent three months engaged and just got married a month ago and they discuss uh, you know, uh, their relationship. I already made that video on Friday, which I went pretty hard on a lot of hypocrisies, but there were more clips to listen to and we got to them right now. Have a listen. I like them as people. I like the goofy way they tell stories there's a lot i like so it's not just me being a hateful person i just think you know if i were interviewing him i would i'd be like less bible verses and tell me how you feel about things it feels like you're just plagiarizing the bible i want to know how you feel not which scriptures you can quote freshman year of college at uc santa barbara i'm playing basketball and halfway through this freshman year i'm at a party and i'm drunk and i, I feel this rush of sobriety hit me and this voice goes grant go home and I ran home to my dorm and I start bawling, crying. And I, and I call my mom and I just said, mom, I know who you raised me to be. I don't know who I am anymore. And it felt like everything I had ever worked for, you know, dorms on the beach, D1 scholarship, athlete. It mm. felt like I was gripping the ocean and it was just falling right through my hands. And she, she smiles and she goes, Grant, I packed you a Bible in your, in your bag. I want you to open it. The very next day, I, I'm praying for the first time and I'm walking to our big hub of campus and I just go, God, if you're real, I need you to show me who you are because I'm miserable. And as I'm praying, a Chinese man walks up to me and I go, hey, and he goes, hey, man, this is so random. I'm sorry, but I'm a local pastor at a church and I wanted to invite you to a Bible study I'm starting. He goes, do you want to join? So so Grant joins the Asian, the Chinese man's Bible study, which of course his ethnicity actually had nothing to do with the story. Maybe there was a part that I missed, uh, but of course Grant's the only one who shows up and he finds Jesus and that's good. We're happy for him. Let's move to the 19 minute mark where they talk about engagement season. During three or four moments of this podcast, they discuss engagement season, which of course for them was three months, which, you know, maybe in the, maybe if you're waiting till marriage, you, you getting, you get married faster. Maybe it's like, all right, let's get to the finish line faster. You know, mainly because then you get to have sex. I think that's what we can all call out, right? Um, but it's you know, ninety days for to be engaged. You know what I mean? That's just wild. I've literally not washed this sweatshirt in over ninety days. I'm kidding. I bought it over the weekend, but, but ninety days is fast. Up and yeah, we've experienced yeah. some engagement hard moments. season was really engagement hard. Season was really mm. hard. Um, yeah. Losing, you know family members yeah. and just going through some really hard things with mm. friends and um, just a lot of hard struggle. And we were only engaged for like three months. And even in that three months, so yeah. much was packed yeah. in. And look, one person's pain doesn't make another person healthy. One person's um, p poverty doesn't make another person's rich. So even, you know, I don't want to discount that they're saying engagement was hard. I just think sometimes you listen to this and you, you, you see people that started on the third baseline and think they hit a triple, that old saying, right? You can quote Bible sayings, I'll quote random sayings too. But it's just like the idea, like, how hard was it? How hard was it? You know, going to college on the beach, the uh, ocean falling through your hands. Like, I, like whose words are these? And that's that's what I would want to get to if I was interviewing them. Is like, like let's strip it away. Let's do like a four hour interview. Let's talk about who you are and like, like let's not glaze over the stories of addiction and the stories of he went to jail 
on um, Valentine's Day night, which by the way, I you know we we actually skipped over that part. Let's go back to the 16 minute mark and just hear him. It's actually very funny. I want to give him credit. It's a very funny line he had. Every time I pray about this new gap year, faith based gap year uh, link here, God puts your name on my heart. Hmm. And off a whim, I had this vision and I wasn't even saved, but I saw one day I'm going to die and I'm going to see my creator face to face. And it's like I saw God and he, and he held up his arm this way. And he was like, Grant, I had all this for you. He goes, but you were so stuck on the fear of man and wanting to fit in that you settled for this. And because I didn't want to drop out of school and be the guy that drops out and goes to like a Christian camp. And my dad really didn't understand it. And I just decided to go. And that's where the seeds were planted. And uh, fast forward, January 1st, 2018, I read Matthew 7. It says, you shall know a tree by its fruit. I don't know why that passage, but Jesus was like, and uh, I remember that day. I was like, I'm I'm done. It's over. And you talk about like 180 death to life. Jesus just radically, like radically, my friends don't recognize. They're like, what happened? Mm -hmm. And it's John 9, 25. I don't know much, but one thing I do know, I was once blind and now I see. I can't teach you revelation. I I, I honestly don't even know much about the Bible, but Jesus changed it everything and that started to and again i just just tell me you know if i was uh, his english professor i'd say okay but tell me how you how this affected you not just that once you were blind and now you can see occupation uh, and there you know smile cheese and so this is the part where he gets arrested and and again a lot of people have a come to jesus moment and sometimes it's used more colloquially come to jesus moment but people might have the idea like all right i've been single for so long i've been hooking up with so many random people it does i don't feel fulfilled and i want to find something more meaningful i think that that it definitely exists in the sort of heroic journey that we all go on from you know I- identifying who we are in our 20s or 30s or 40s and coming to terms with that i don't i don't negate any of the um sort of the metaphors being used here I guess the, I guess I would say I just see them more as metaphors, less as a personal conversation with a Jesus. Like I said before, I see God, and this is where I come from with my religious path. I see God as parts of all of us. I see us all as one uh, organism, kind of like separated by our flesh, but I do see us as one greater organism. And um, for me, that helps me have empathy for others when you try to see everyone else as your brothers and your sisters and really as part of you. Valentine's Day, you got to be super saint once you. Yeah. That's when like cocaine and Xanax and stuff really started to okay. hit. And I was just so lost. I found myself February 14th, 2016, Valentine's Day. You got to be super single to go to jail <laughs> on Valentine's Day. And uh, I guess so that's a line you know he said before. That's a, that, that line must crush in the church. I think it's funny. You got to be super single to go to jail on Valentine's Day. Very funny stuff. So that's where he kind of like had his come to Jesus moment. I mean, hmm. think, there's a lot of ways the devil can get to you, but her praying is one way that I'm like, now that we're married, we kind of just treaded that that line carefully through engagement dating. Mm-hmm. But the married line, it's cool to just dive into that together. Yeah. And then you guys have moved too, right? So there's been yeah. a lot of change. And get this, I got a hip replacement two months ago. In engagement season. Two months before our wedding. Full, yeah. full well, hip replacement. Are they going to oh give you a God. senior citizen's discount <laughs> in like restaurants too? See, and this is kind of one of the things. He he got a hip replacement. Obviously, they, they believe in medicine. He had to go to a doctor to get his hip replaced. I just wish people would believe in medicine when it comes to times when, like, you've got maybe a um, a lame pregnancy and you need to remove and abort the fetus because you're, it has died. And you can't do that because you're at a Christian hospital and you have to worry about getting sepsis and dying. Now, people don't think about 
those things. They just think, oh, who wants to kill babies at three months? And you go, this is kind of one of the things. If you trust your doctor when to get a hip replacement, you should trust your doctor when they tell you or, or you know, if, if you have to make tough decisions um, w- with your body, you know. I know there'll be pushback on that. Um, 36 minutes here. Let's crush the line here, 36. So there's obviously no pushback in these types of conversations, but it would it would be nice to have a, an actual conversation about um, about about shame and about um, why pursuing the life you're pursuing can affect others if their life doesn't look the same. And that's really what purity culture is all about. It's not about telling you what to do with your body. It's telling pastors and preachers and people that have these big influences, don't tell others what to do with their body. Brene Brown defines shame as the intense, painful feeling or experience of believing we are flawed and therefore unworthy of acceptance and belonging. We're probably wired to feel shame because it keeps us in line with the rules of our society. When we break or flaunt the rules, we may be ostracized, which could mean death or at the very least disconnection, which can feel worse than death. So the reason that shame works so well is because we're wired to connect to and to seek acceptance from others. And shame effectively withdraws that acceptance and connection. But as the apple pie incident shows us, shame can embed itself in us deeply. Shaming words may never be forgotten and shaming others, though it may be effective for behavioral change, damages them and lowers us in their esteem. Who wants to be around someone who tries to make them feel ashamed? So when I look at something as physical as having sex, which can also be spiritual, I look at a penis and a vagina or a or, or however which you want to do it, heterosexually or other ways, I look at that as not something that should be shamed. And you can express yourself and feel love. And maybe you're single for so long and you date the wrong guys. Maybe you date an asshole and you're like, I just want to meet someone who's more aligned with me on a spiritual level. So then you say, you know, whatever, that's okay too. But uh, no, no amount of you has been lost because you've already, quote unquote, given up this metaphorical um, chastity that you have. Okay, so let's keep the party moving here. Uh, they talk about premarital counseling at the 34-minute mark, which is fun. Let's go there. A couple more clips here. Are we at the 34? Oh, we passed that. 36, um, excuse me, 34, 46. We already did that. And then 42, 33. So let's jump on over. And um, you know what I'm going to do right now is I'm going to, so we have this really fun moment I'm going to share with you guys where they talk about the devil in the bedroom, but I wanted to share this with you. I mic'd myself up and my wife up and we discussed um, and watched our wedding for the first time, our wedding video. We got married three months ago. And here's just a quick clip I wanted to share with you. If you want to watch the full thing, the early bird special goes to the Patreon, patreon.com slash Dave Neal. If you want to watch us or watch our wedding video. Us Watching, uh, wearing the same our shirt. Our wedding video. Okay, it's my wife. A little, a little more towards me. So, Maybe wipe all the fingerprints off your screen. <laughs> October fifteenth, twenty twenty-two. Need a haircut. So this is the wedding video. You look beautiful. Thank you. you. Wow. <laughs> Do you love it? Yeah. You look amazing. <laughs> you look great, babe. Thank you. What's up? It's just a 10-minute video. All right, so then there it is, folks. And you can see the full thing out there. And again, I apparently we've made a few people cry if you're out there. All right, let's get into it. Um, 42.33. So link in the comment section if you want to watch that. I, I think one thing we've seen that before we were married, you know, Satan goes, how can I tempt you to be all over each other? Mm-hmm. And now that we're married. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. There's a 36-minute mark. Did I get that? Okay, I got that. Okay, this is our final clip. 
So how Satan tempts them. I think we see, especially in intimacy in the marriage bed, he goes, how do I keep you away from each other? Mm -hmm. One thing, you know, you walk into marriage going, we're going to want to have sex five times a day, every (laughs) single day, you know, every single moment. And especially as a man, I'm thinking, but it's interesting how Satan is so crafty Mm -hmm. to try and split that intimacy up once you're married. so true. And when you're dating, he goes together, together, together. Mm -hmm. Now I can't tempt you with lust with her anymore. So how do I get you off that? Mm. And we have to fight. And there's moments that we have had that, not that we didn't, but we are like, hey, we want to choose to have intimacy right now, even after this big argument, because we want to fight for this unity. And we're looking at- Funniest part's about to come from the co-host. Listen to what she's about to say. Satan right in his eyes and going, we're fighting for what you cannot tear apart with God on our side. Ooh, so. makeup sex. Good. Makeup sex. <laughs> yeah. In other words. Because people said amen. <laughs> amen. <laughs> good, good. Uh, all right. We can all agree makeup sex. Yeah, but it's just, again, the, the phraseology is just something we can all differ on. And he says it's a Satan as an external force that fights to pull people apart. And again, I just look at that more inward as like we have different love languages. Um, some people feel very vulnerable after sex. Some people feel a certain way and they want to be comforted or go to have breakfast after or, or whatever, the, whatever the case may be and you need to learn how to read your partner that's why i talk about love languages i think i think i mean maybe the church talks about love languages but it's very more targeted that we're all individuals trying to feel the same thing so collectively we want love happiness joy and all that 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 high energy frequency but individually we find it in a different way maybe we had a lot of affirmations growing up so we want um acts of service maybe we weren't told we were good growing up like myself i always feel like i wasn't you know told you know those types of things you have a single mom working all the time i'm sure she tried her best but you 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 whatever you lack is probably what you crave and anyway so it's for me it's like no no, i think gee it ain't satan trying to separate us it's our ego it's our attention span it's where we focus our time but i you know generally kind of feel that we're kind of on the same page there um there was one more thing i wanted to share very briefly they only touch on it they talk about um, she um, kind of getting jealous at at um, the touching and flirting that would happen um, with other people. Talk to people. I just get, I don't even notice it. Like I'll put my hand on their arm. I'm a very touchy guy. And she just came to me and she goes, Grant, like not only are you a pastor now, but it just really hurts me when I see you, you know, touch a girl's arm. And, and it's just been really cool for her even to help me. Then in something you think is so innocent, she said, that's a little foothold then maybe the enemy could get a hold of you. And so we even take like how much of your personality, Grant and Maddie, as passionate people, do you shut down a little bit when the opposite sex is with you? So this can be seen in different ways. It can be seen as super problematic. The idea that people have said, I don't take an elevator with a, someone of the opposite sex, or Mike Pence won't go to dinner with any of his um, staff members that are the opposite sex. And it can go to an, ex- an extent where I won't look at someone of the opposite, I won't hug them, you know, t- those types of things, which I think is foolish. Um, but I do understand the idea of touching others when you're single or flirting when you're single, harmless things when you're single and not doing that in front of your partner. But I, I actually reject that it's a bad thing. I've talked a lot about the power of, um, uh, well, how do I, how do I phrase this? The idea that we actually sort of harvest the energy we build with both people of the same sex and people of the opposite sex. And that flirting's not necessarily a bad thing. If you're like expressing yourself is not necessarily a bad thing, but you might not do that with your partner right next to you. But it doesn't mean now getting handsy in a sexual way is one thing. But if he's a handsy person and just hugs people in that, I don't see that as a bad thing. 
at all. We might have, you know, it's there's a fine line there. So I would love if I talked to them to actually discuss that farther because I think that's okay. I think it's okay if um, it's called um, the, the Way of the Superior Man, I believe is the name of the book. And it's the idea that you actually, it's okay to build chemistry and energy from from innocent flirtation, which we say flirtation, but it's really just conversation. Now, as a stand-up comedian, when I'm on stage, I'm essentially flirting with the audience. And if I'm talking to a couple uh, women or men or mixed couples, uh, you know, in a different setting, it's still the same thing. And then you just have to be like, all right, am I alone with somebody? Are my intentions this way? Have I crossed the line? Everyone's got those moral boundaries they have to look at. But I feel like with certain relationships or, you know, um, strict upbringings, by making sort of like a situation something that it's not, which is like touching someone's shoulder or looking in, looking someone in the eyes or whatever it is, by making uh, something sexual that's not, it's just more of, it's more or less that same like over-sexualizing of what is just naturally humans interacting. I think that's what we're talking about. And I'll say it until I'm blue in the face, this is not an attack on Christianity. Just those that use fear and other manipulation techniques like shame to uh, try to get people to fall in line with their beliefs. I want everyone to be able to think for themselves. You can use Christianity to provide good for others, to do charity, but also disavow the aspects of it that are problematic. And we'll have to see how this applies to Grant and Maddie. Wishing their relationship the best. And that's going to do it for me today on Bachelor Rush Hour. If you like what I do, the best way to help out and support the channel is to make sure to follow, subscribe, rate, review. And if you have anything left over, joining the Patreon is a great way to financially help out. That keeps me making content all day long. Patreon.com slash Dave Neal. We'll see you for tonight's live stream. And I'll be back tomorrow. Dave Neal, Bachelor Rush Hour. Bachelor Rush Hour.